What do you want more than anything in your life? You might be surprised to learn that it's probably not what you first think. Today we're offering a simple exercise to help you peel back the layers and uncover your truest answer to one of life's biggest questions. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's w e t w a r e m e d i a.com. In this episode, we have an excerpt from noted psychiatrist Dr. Shelley Uram's enlightening audiobook, Essential Living: A Guide to Having Happiness and Peace by Reclaiming Your Essential Self. In this audiobook, Dr. Uram helps us peel back the layers to discover what we really want most in life. It turns out that what we really want are qualities that are already present at our very core, what Dr. Uram calls our essential self. In this excerpt, Dr. Uram introduces us to the foundation of her approach to uncover the essential self, the you that is the most real and authentic. Many of us have become disconnected from our essential selves and lost touch with who we are. The simple exercise in this excerpt will help you begin to reconnect and discover what you truly long for. The basic premise of this audiobook is that in our culture, most of the unhappiness and suffering that people go through is based on having lost their connection with their innermost self, the essential. There is no substitute for the quiet deep strength and resilience that is inherent to it. When we are disconnected from our innermost core, we constantly seek connection and fulfillment from other things and people. We never find this alternative fulfillment, however, because there is no substitute for our essential self. As a result of our ancient survival brain areas having not yet evolved adequately to accommodate life for modern humans, our attention begins to get pulled away from our essential self. This begins when we are young children. We progressively become more and more attached to learning how to survive and thrive in the family and the world around us, meaning schools, jobs, friends, etc. We forget our essential self. Yet this is our only true rock or anchor, which keeps us deeply rooted and gives us a consistent sense of love, peace, connectedness, and the sense that all is well, even when it is not. The essential self not only grounds us and keeps us steady, but also provides a compass that points us in the right direction to find resilience in weathering the stresses and strains of life. By the time we are young adults, we believe our emotional well-being and security are dependent upon our lives working well in certain ways. These could include being healthy, having successful relationships, achieving financial success, etc. Very few people regard conscious connectedness with their essential self as part of their well-being. Inevitably, things do go wrong. That is just part of the human condition. We age or get injured. A loved one becomes ill or dies. We lose jobs or money. Our relationships become problematic. Similarly, as we mature, 
we may not meet our ideals of who we think we should be. In these situations, our ancient survival brain wiring believes we are in serious trouble and sets off deep, uncomfortable emotional reactivity in the form of flight, fight, or freeze reactions. We suffer. We go into much more detail about each of these points as we move through the book. For now, let's begin at the beginning by figuring out where you are right now as far as identifying what is most important to you. A few caveats. Try your best to make sure your answer is not coming from any shoulds. This could be one of your own shoulds, or those from the family you grew up with, or those from friends or religious traditions, etc. When answering the question, dig down deep and ask yourself what you want more than anything. Make sure your answer is very real for you. You can tell if it's real for you if it has juice powering it and if you really want it. The shoulds don't usually have much juice attached, but they may sound nice or like what you should want. When I ask people my standard essential self question, what do you want more than anything in your life? Here are some typical initial answers. More money. Success. To be loved. To be respected. Nice house and or car. Happy children. Healthy children. Certain careers. Loving relationships. A happy spouse. To be valued by others. Divorce. Marriage. To lose weight. To gain weight. Fame. You get the idea. In contrast, the people who start out with answers like peace, love, joy, etc., usually aren't connecting with the juice of their experience. These are very general concepts. Listen to the following questions and pause the recording to answer them in your notebook. What do you want more than anything in your life? Challenge yourself to narrow it down. Now, challenge yourself to narrow it down to one simple sentence and write that down now. Continuing on, what is the essential self? I don't mean anything mystical or pie in the sky when I talk about the essential self. I'm referring to the you that is the absolute most real and authentic. This real you is not based on who or what you think you should be. It's not based on your knowledge, thoughts, feelings, experiences, beliefs, or expectations. It's just who you are, minus all these things. Period. It's really quite simple, yet initially challenging to find. Have you ever noticed how peaceful it is when you stop, even just for a moment? All pretense and any effort at all toward trying to make things happen a certain way. Most of the time, we don't let go of all this trying to control things or get others' approval until we're at a point of giving up or total surrender. And then there is this wonderful peace even if it is just momentary, when we are just ourselves. For most folks, our mind then quickly re-enters the scene and is off and running again, trying to make something better or different, trying once again to take the reins and regain control. As a general rule of thumb, the closer people get to reconnecting with their essential self, the more they notice the following in their lives. Resilient inner strength. Greater wisdom, 
greater calm, an increased sense of well-being, an inner stillness, a sense of feeling freer, a greater sense of inner peace, more empowered, more spontaneous, a greater sense of connectedness with others, increased happiness, more loving of self and others, perceiving everything through a lens of truth, and much more. These are the inherent qualities we all have. It sounds like a magic elixir of some kind, but when you reconnect with your essential self, these things will not only appear in your life more frequently, they will also remain there longer. Why is reconnecting with our essential self so important? The essential self is what most of us want out of life. Maybe not initially in our conscious awareness, but deep down at our core. When you begin to remove some of the blockades created by our out-of-date ancient survival brain, you will likely find your essential self calmly awaiting your return. It is my hope that this audiobook will expand your understanding of the big picture. Now, we're moving on to the main exercise. You will be plugging in your earlier answer into this section. This exercise is taking your original point A answer, the one that has the juice, and distilling it down to a deeper truth. Before you work on yours, here are four examples. Consider my conversation with Zach, a 42-year-old attorney. Me. What do you want more than anything in your life? Zach. I want to be a really successful attorney. Me. If you are a really successful attorney, what will that give you? Zach. More respect from other attorneys. Me. If you get more respect from the other attorneys, what would that give you? Zach. A good feeling about myself, like I've arrived. Me. And if you've arrived, what would that give you? Zach. After a pause. Peace. I would have a sense of peace. Here's my conversation with Mark, an entrepreneur. Me. What do you want more than anything in your life? Mark. I want to be worth 30 million by the time I'm 50. Me. If you're worth 30 million by the time you are 50, what would that do for you? Mark. I'd know I'm really successful. That I'm one of the big players. Me. If you are one of the big players, what would that bring you? Mark. Like, I'm free. Now consider my conversation with Lucy, a mom and real estate broker. Me. What do you want more than anything in your life? Lucy. For my children to be healthy and happy. Me. If your children are healthy and happy, what would that bring you? Lucy. I wouldn't worry so much. Me. If you don't worry so much, what would that bring you? Lucy. After a pause. Peace. And finally, my conversation with Adele, a 60-year-old grandmother and nurse. Me. What do you want more than anything in your life? Adele. I want to work less. Me. If you could work less, what would that give you? Adele. I could spend more time with my grandkids. Me. If you spend more time with your grandkids, what would that bring you?
Adele. I feel love and happiness when I'm with them. Joy. When I asked my first question, what do you want more than anything in your life, to four different people, I got four different yet fairly typical responses. Zach told me he wanted to be a really successful attorney. Lucy told me she wanted her children to be healthy and happy. Mark said he wanted to be worth a lot of money by the time he turned 50 years old, and Adele said she wanted to work less. All of these are admirable external goals. Success, family, wealth, and less work stress. But none of these initial answers struck at the true essence of what they really want most in their lives. However, with guided questioning, each of these wonderfully unique people was able to distill his or her initial response to its purest and most essential form. Zach's desire for career success boiled down to a desire for peace. Lucy's desire for healthy and happy kids boiled down to a desire for peace. Mark's desire for financial success boiled down to a desire for a sense of freedom. And Adele's desire to work less boiled down to love, happiness, and joy. I have asked thousands of people this question. However varied their initial answers may be, almost 100% of their answers boil down to the inherent qualities of the essential self. The five most common final answers are peace, happiness or joy, a sense of freedom, a sense of connectedness, and love. Caveat. Similar to the original warning from your initial answer earlier in this chapter, you might be tempted to skip over some of your steps by jumping straight to the qualities of the essential self. For example, you might want to immediately answer peace or happiness. And that may in fact turn out to be your ultimate answer, but jumping straight to the end game won't actually help you in this exercise. Instead, work the process from start to finish by following your juice each step of the way. Focus on what feels real and meaningful for you in this very moment. Let's begin. Have your notebook ready. What do you want more than anything in your life? Write down your answer from the earlier exercise. And make sure you narrow your answer down to one sentence if you haven't already done so. Good. Now sit quietly and calmly to answer these questions. If you had this, the answer you just gave, what would it give you? If you had this, the answer you just gave, what would it give you? Next, if you had this, the answer that you just gave, what would it give you? And finally, if you had this, the answer you just gave, what would it give you? In case you haven't figured it out, you need to repeat this line of questioning until you can carry it no further. Eventually, try to end up with a one-word answer. Write that answer in your notebook. Now, most likely the answer you just gave contains one or two of some of the qualities of the essential self. If not, don't worry. You will likely gain greater and greater clarity as we go on. As I briefly mentioned in the introduction, the overwhelming majority of people I've had the honor of speaking with soon before they passed on stated the same thing. 
They each described that since death was to come soon, they had become aware that their priorities had been incorrect. Self-inquiry about what was most important to them and their life, and their aligning their life with this priority in the short time they had remaining was what really counted. Almost all of them expressed regret that they hadn't had these realizations earlier in their lives. The common pattern showed that they had lived their lives primarily out of trying to gain others' approval, keep their own approval, keep their families happy, etc. Once they found out that their life was ending, they described a sudden clarity for what is really important to them. We are here to wake up out of the outdated and overreactive survival brain dream. Please don't wait until the end of your life. Thanks for listening to this excerpt from the audiobook, Essential Living, a guide to having happiness and peace by reclaiming your essential self. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate it and review it. And please share it with friends who might also enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.